I, I just want to give the Celtics the praise that they actually deserve on national TV. Mm-hmm. I think they are top to bottom, the best team in the NBA. In my opinion, it is their championship to lose. I know teams will contend. I know I see what Denver's doing. If they can remain healthy, I know what the Memphis Grizzlies are. I never count out the Golden State Warriors. I see Sacramento. I, I see Philadelphia with Joel Embiid. I, I, I got what else is happening. Milwaukee with Chris Middleton backing Giannis. Their small ball lineup is working. But this team is complete. Malcolm Brogdon really helps. Jason Tatum with his 30th. He has 30 points last night. His 29th 30-point game this season. And it was a statement game. I think this team feels a certain way about the Brooklyn Nets. It's the tenth straight time they beat the Brooklyn Nets. Tenth straight. They actually beat them last time, last year in the playoffs, right? Sweep. Uh, these guys defensively, top to bottom. Jason Tatum is on the top of his game. And Jalen Brown, I think, is the best shooting guard in the game of basketball right now with the way that he defends and how he's attacking the rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celtics win again. They take down the Nets again. I don't know why there's this bad association with me and the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like that's unfair. It's not like I've talked them up over the years, over and over again, and keep telling people over and over again to look out for the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like I feel like that's an unfair association that has stuck to me over the years. You certainly never dressed up in full Nets gear when you knew you were going to be on local TV. Yeah, where's your hat there, Jones? Nope, 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 nope. Well, see, I've grown my hair out since then, Arkan, so I like to uh I like Show to let the off. I like to let the locks flow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like to do that, which you can uh, of course check out on Twitch here on Jones and Mego with Arkan. We're taking you up until six o'clock on a Thursday with all your phone calls, 617-779-7937. Look, I I think the Nets are potentially real competition for the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. I do. I hear you snickering. I hear you snickering. I'm not snickering. I'm cracking up. Uh, I hear you cracking up (laughs) that the Nets are competition. I think the Celtics do have competition in the East, but I I think I am uh, maybe alone, certainly on the Nets island. I'm going with my Nets and maybe alone. (laughs) I'm going with Kyrie Irving on an Eastern Conference island about the Celtics having competition in the conference. But go ahead, Mego. The floor is yours. What do you want to laugh at? That game. How did you watch the first quarter without kicking yourself? I did. I. You know what? I, I actually started with the Bruins game last night. We're going to get to the Bruins coming up later on this hour. I started with the Bruins because I'm like, ah, let's see what's going on. Bruins, Maple Leafs. I'll flip over to the Celtics like in a little bit. Like the loyal Nets fan you are. Yes, correct. And literally, by the time I tuned in, I think it was 30, 30 to 11 or something like that. 30 to 8. I was like, what the hell happened? What happened over there? I felt like you can miss the first five, six minutes of an NBA game. You don't miss squat. Although I guess that's kind of the same thing with the NHL. I guess I don't know why I went Bruins and and Leafs first last night. But I flipped over. I'm like, the hell happened? 26 threes for the Celtics last night. They had 46 points in the first quarter. I think I read it's the first time or at least the first time in a long time they've led by 30 after one. 30 points. They led 46 to 16. They had 79 points by halftime. They put up 139 with 26 threes. Like, no, you're right. It was a it was a joke. It was a laugher. But here's the thing, Mego and Celtics fans out there, if you care to disagree, it's 617-779-7937. The Nets didn't have their best player, who would have been, I think, the second best player on the floor. I still think the Celtics should have traded Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, by the way. So the Nets were down Durant. I just, I wouldn't put too much stock in last night, but no, it was a joke. And my Nets, my Brooklyn Nets, 
got embarrassed, yes. It wasn't indicative of whatever matchup you might see from the Celtics and the Nets, I think. Kevin Durant, he's supposed to be reevaluated February 9th next week, and he's expected to come back before the All-Star break. But it wasn't just that. What the Celtics did, you know, to quote Draymond Green, they're probably not going to do that again. No. Like they're, they're probably not going to get off to the hottest start that they've had, I think, in the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum era, like ever shooting. They're probably never going to shoot like that again. And that's okay. They can still safely beat the Nets without doing that. Yeah, they had a, they had a few indicative. points to play around with there, yeah. But I do have to say, I, I was opening my phone watching that game, and I was like, don't send the smart thing. Don't send the smart <laughs> thing, Jones. Jones, don't say it. Don't say it. You're better than this. You're, you're, I'm not. You're, I'm definitely you're not. You'll learn he's not. Yeah, Arkan, Arkan knows I'm so I much worse than that. I open the phone, and I see, looks like they really need, like, they really miss smart. <laughs> Mark is smart. Like, the heart and soul. Boston Celtics. God damn it! Yeah, wow, boy, they really missed him on. I know I had heard that. Oh, wow, they really. And I promise I'm not going to do a lot on this today. But wow, they scored 139 <laughs> points last night. Jeez, looks like they really missed him. It's about the defense. It's amazing though. Celtics fans think like the Celtics miss Marcus Smart more than the Nets miss Kevin Durant last night. Like that's that's how Celtics fans' brains work. They're like, oh well, we were without Smart. But then the Nets are without Durant, and the Nets are just a joke and a laughing stock, and that's fine. The Nets are kind of a joke and a laughing stock. Is there any real competition for the Celtics in the Eastern Conference? If it's not Brooklyn Mego, who is it? Who is it, it is the Bucks. I have the Bucks circled in permanent ink because Chris Middleton is back. He's on a very strict minutes restriction right now, uh, but he looks the in what I've seen from him. They're on a five game win streak right now. He looks very comfortable for someone coming off of the injury that he had. He looks confident. And the way that he attacks defenses, he changes that Bucks offense completely that already has Giannis. And everybody's so focused on Giannis. I think that that is not a good matchup for the Celtics, who are the best team in the league. But we harped on it so much during the last postseason, saying they don't have Chris Middleton. They don't have Chris Middleton. And it was still tough for the Celtics to get through the Bucks. They did. They were great. But this is why. Like, I think when you see him coming back, it's not going to be the Christmas Day Bucks that you saw. This is it, This team is real. And you're in this little New England bubble, this little Boston bubble. That team in Milwaukee thinks that they're building a dynasty. And they have a very, very experienced good coach in Budenholzer who thinks that they got robbed from the next chapter of that dynasty because of the injury bug that they caught. Yeah. Well, I, I would say just about any team, by the way, in a playoff series should have the coaching edge over the Celtics. You know, and, and I'm saying that off the top of my head as I look at it. Maybe not the Nets, actually, with Jacques Vaughn. But I, I'd say just about any team with a coach who's coached before and been in a playoff series before or won a title like Budenholzer, who I may not be as high on as you are, Mego, but look, he's he's got to get the check mark in a playoff series against the Celtics. Arkan, is it just Milwaukee or are there other teams? No, I think Philadelphia is a reasonable no. uh, one as well. I do. Joel Embiid is the leading no. scorer in the league, and Harden's averaging 11 assists a game. Now that they're playing together, they're playing really well. They're really hot. And uh, I think that, you know, you look at the Celtics in Brooklyn, they own Brooklyn more than they own Philly, that's for sure. I mean, if there's going to be another option out there, I kind of like they, Cleveland. Though? Brooklyn's I, beat them in the playoffs. Philly has not beaten them in the playoffs. Sure, but the Celtics have won their last 10 straight in a row against Brooklyn, and I don't think that's yeah. Same with Philly, but, so, I'm, I mean, but Phil, I'm just, I would, 
I would throw. Who cares about the regular season wins that they've had? I would say the Celtics destroyed Brooklyn in the playoffs last year. They always destroy Philly. The Nets just beat the Celtics in the playoffs two years ago. Two years ago, sure, without Jalen Brown. And also, I mean, yeah, Kevin Durant didn't play last night. Shocker. Kevin Durant doesn't play a lot. Like, in the last 10 years, I think he's played more than 70 games one time. So, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not counting on Kevin Durant to be there all year. I, and I'm I not counting on the Nets. I wouldn't count on Jalen being to always there. have there. I think Jalen's Jalen little... misses a bunch of time. You just said he missed the playoffs two years ago. Jalen misses two a bunch ago, of time. Two years ago, sure he did, of course. But he's younger than Kevin Durant, and Jaylen, I think he's less injury Jalen played. Jalen hasn't played set. Jalen has played 70 games, your benchmark. He hasn't done that in four years. He hasn't done that in four years. Well, the last three years. Sorry, he can't do it this year yet. He hasn't played in 70-plus since okay, 2019. Okay, Durant's done it once in 10 years. Okay, I'm so, just telling you. I mean, you, that's, that's the difference. Well, I the mean, Celtics may not have everybody on deck either. I might I might not plan on the Celtics having everybody on deck either. They may not, but so far this year, they've been much healthier than Kevin Durant and the Nets. I mean, there's not, it's not even close. The Celtics True. are also a much deeper team this year than they were a couple years ago without Jalen Brown. I'm not saying that they could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or past the Eastern Conference Finals without Jalen Brown or Rob Williams or one of these other very key players. I'm not bringing up the Marcus Smart situation here with you. <laughs> it's too early in our in this, you know. I mean, I'm ready to go there. You're the one have. who brought I'm it up. Ready. I'm ready to go there. I'm, I'm just saying. They're seven and four without a Mego. I know these numbers like my I, like the back seven of my hand. Four. They're wow. seven and four without right him this year. You said that the regular season games don't really well, matter they were that two much and, when I'm you're happy, talking about playoff I'm happy you brought that up. They were two and one without him in the playoffs last year. <laughs> but anyway, neither here nor there. I reject Philadelphia. Sorry. I want to buy in on them. I don't. I still buy in on Brooklyn. Maybe I'm an idiot there. Uh, just like I think people would be an idiot for buying in on Philadelphia. I agree on Milwaukee. I'm not throwing out Cleveland. And I guess I did just dismiss regular season matchups. They haven't beat Cleveland yet with Cleveland. And Cleveland has a lot of talent uh, with, with the newly put together Cavs. Donovan Mitchell on that team. Uh, you know, Jarrett Allen on that team. I love that team, by Mobley, the way. Mobley in year two. I like them a lot. Uh, Garland. I mean, they have four all-star caliber players on that team. So that's a lot of talent. I, I think they're in the mix, but I would have them at the bottom of the heap. What do you guys think? 617-779-7937. Can we hear from Kyrie Irving? Of course we can. After the game, Kyrie had a couple of things to say about Brooklyn. He, he and I both happen to still believe in the Brooklyn Nets being able to compete with the Celtics. Go ahead, Kyrie. When you're going against a very motivated team, such as the Boston Celtics, they, they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, it's clear as day that they want to win the championship and they're not wasting any time in the regular season. So tonight I felt like we were just one of those teams in the way. And, um, you know, we just can't be one of those teams in the way. we got to be one of those teams that stands up to them and um, at least shows them that we're going to be competition for them moving forward, uh, which I believe we are. But tonight we just didn't show it. So. Um, can't hang our heads. Got to keep our heads up, um, and just get ready for this next homestand that we have. Um, you know, obviously it's disappointing. I would love to come in here to Boston and beat them. Uh, even when they came to our house in, in Brooklyn, we'd love to beat them. Um, but just take the lessons and and um, you know, as one of the leaders, just see where I can continue to prepare better and uh, lead a better example out there. Yeah, well, they they are going to need a better example. And he gave a nice little uh, Bill Belichick sniff there at the end. But uh, did he have anything else to say, Ryan? I think he added a little bit more that I, I also would look at and say, uh, this is relevant. I mean, they were without Kevin Durant. I'd agree with Kyrie on this. Uh, it's only been a year and some change. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's not that long. Uh, it feels like that long because we haven't had, um, you know, consistent guys in the lineup playing against one another. Uh, so we haven't seen the fully healthy Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets this year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with last year. Um, we could throw uh, any excuse in the, in the bucket, um, but I you choose are. not to do that. Um, <laughs> just take accountability for where we are in present and focus on what we can control now. The past is the past, so 
uh, we just got to keep reworking it. And um, as a competitor, I'm not going to stop um, until I figure out what this methodology is to the Boston Celtics is right now and why they're so hot. And um, or there's a birthday I think party. I have I need a, to go a to. main reason is just how connected they are and how much they play together, how many minutes they've logged in together, and, yeah. and again that chip on their shoulder. Oh, can you, you can stop this, it. please? You can feel it. I can't. Um, I can't. T- I wait, can't take. What him. can't you take? I they're not healthy. Vo- I don't like. I don't like listening to him talk. Oh, that's fine. But like, well, that's but, it. I just don't like his voice. But is he like, making? An, is he making an unfair point? Then that's more unhealthy less. No, but I'm going to, to solve. Gang. I'm going to solve how the team yeah, is Celtics playing is with so this hot. energy. We got to like, get to the bottom of it, dude. Like, if come only on. Kyrie and Kevin Durant could have somehow played more minutes together last year. Shaggy, you, Scooby, and Velma go this way and see what you can dig up on Grant Williams. Me and Daphne are going to go this way and see what's going on with Kevin Durant. Yeah, how could have? How could have Kyrie played more minutes last year? Only, if only there could have been a way that no they way. spent more time on the court. Well, possible. He was a he was a regular. Um, I, mean, I think we just have to develop a tougher mentality here. He's and a, when we do that, I feel like we'll we'll be in better competition with them. I know we will. He knows they will. Does and, he sound like a more broken man to you? Uh, I don't think he feels very good about his performance last night. He seems a little broken. Uh, the Nets are they broken? And what do the Celtics have for competition in the Eastern Conference? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Off and running here. Jones, Mego, and Arcan. I do want to get to Tatum. Some good news that came out of last night. Limited minutes for Jason Tatum. How concerned are we about the minute total and the wear it tear it takes on the Celtics star? We'll get to that after trending with Christian Arcan. The Rich Keith Show. Weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Celtics and the Bruins both got back to their winning ways last night. Bruins scored an easy 5-2 win over the Maple Leafs in Toronto. Pavel Zaka with a pair of goals. A.J. Greer, Brandon Carlo, Derek Forbort had the other three. Forbort's a shorthanded goal. This was the B's last stop before the All-Star break. They'll be off until February 11th. All except, of course, for David Posternak and Linus Allmark. They're playing in the game, and Jim Montgomery will be coaching the Atlantic team. Bruins heading to the All-Star break on pace for 133 points, which would break the 1976-77 Montreal Canadiens record for high highest single-season point total in NHL history. Celtics had a relatively easy night, too, as they blasted the Nets by a final score of 139-96. Wasn't really even that close. Celtics put up 79 points in the first half. Jason Tatum led the way with 31. Jalen Brown poured in 26. Celtics improved to 37-15. and They are 20-6 and at TD Garden, where they will host the Suns tomorrow night. Robert Kraft went on CNN and said he would be open to having Tom Brady signing a one-day contract to retire as a Patriot. He also said that the team will do everything they can in their power to bring him back, sign off as a Patriot, and find ways to honor him for many years to come. And in other NFL news, Vic Fangio is currently working as a consultant for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been tapped to be the Dolphins' new defensive coordinator. I'm Christian Arcan. That's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. This is Jones and Mego on WEEI. On WEEI. We have to mix it up a little bit. You know, these. 47 minute nights I've been having in, in overtime games is good to you know be able to rest the, the fourth quarter and uh, you know let some of the guys that you know don't always get opportunity to play uh, so it, it was good um, you know I like the way we came out obviously we shot the ball well but I think just our attention uh, to, to the game plan to play the right way and uh, you know we were just we were, you could tell we were ready to go from the jump I'd agree with Jason Tatum on that. Celtics were ready to go from the jump because by the time I turned it on, they were already up like 20. By the time I flipped in, they were already on their way to up 30 after one, up whatever the margin was at halftime, another 30, and en route to a blowout victory last night over the Brooklyn Nets. Some like to say my 
Brooklyn Nets. You like to say that. I uh, Well, not today. I felt better about saying that yesterday than I do today. It's Jones and my Nets. <laughs> Jones and Mego with Arcand. Uh, the first hour of the program, by the way, is brought to you by Arbella Insurance. Here for good. We'll get to your phone calls. 617-779-7937. Just on Tatum in the minutes. And I think we talked about this earlier in the week. What do you play? 29 minutes last night? Mm-hmm. Around that, 28, 29. And I, I texted you guys last night or whatever, our Slack or whatever it was. I forget where I put this message out. The same place I was uh, mocking the, uh, the the Marcus Smart fans for how much they missed Marcus Smart last night, scoring 139. I said, if Missoula plays a starter in the fourth quarter, he's an idiot. Like, they, they should not play a starter in the fourth quarter. And I guess I never went back and checked this. I don't think he did. It was no. all... It was not all, unless you ca- count Grant Williams. Which I don't. At some point. Which, and he didn't play significant minutes. Which I don't. Well, you know, it, it was Scrub City in the fourth quarter last night. Like it should have been. It was a blowout. Manage the minutes. How concerned are you about Tatum and his minute total? I'm very concerned because I, I can't remember who in the postgame press conference with Joe Missoula raised the question and raised this to my attention. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to attribute it properly. I think it was, I think it was Jake. I think it was Jay King. Did this was sound like Jay, Jay King? This sound like Jay King to you, Arkan? I think this is Jay King, the back and forth with Missoula. Maybe I have that wrong, but that's who it, it sounded like to me. But uh, I'm not sure I could pick Jay King's voice out of a lineup. So you may be. Uh, okay. Oh, so no he, he, in his question, he was asking Missoula, do we have it? Yeah. This is him asking Missoula about Tatum's minutes. How important can it be? For him to get some nights like this where he doesn't have to play either close to 40 or more than 40? I mean, it depends on who you ask. Do you think it's important? I think it's important that he um, takes care of himself and is always gives us the best chance to win. And, um, yes, it's good tonight that you can get, uh, what do you play, 29? Should have played him the whole first half. Um, <laughs> no, it is good to get situations like that, absolutely. So you're not concerned at all that he's second in the league in minutes per game? And- Me personally, no, because I spend every day with him and I see how he, um, I see what he's done all summer, see what he's done all preseason, I see what he does every single day. Um, but yes, if you can get moments and opportunities like this, you're grateful for him and you take advantage of him. Absolutely. Okay, so. I heard that, and I was like, I- I'm sure that Jay knows this stuff way better than me. He's there every night on the road and everything. So I double-checked it, though. Just, you know, keep it honest. Yeah, he's behind Pascal Siakam in minutes, uh, and that's it. And around him, before getting to what it means for Tatum himself, he's followed by Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors, Kyrie Irving, which, of course, makes sense given Kevin Durant's injury and the makeup of that team. Luka Doncic, again, makes sense with the way that the Mavs are constructed and what they probably have ahead of them. Anthony Edwards on the Timberwolves. Jonte Murray, LeBron makes sense. I'm happy you brought up LeBron, though, because this is where I kind of want to go with it. Well, Bridges, and then at 10 is DeMar DeRozan on the Bulls. And I'm just looking at this going, for a lot of these guys, I can come up with the scenario of the explanation, I should say, the explanation of why they're putting in that many minutes on that guy and the scenario that that team is looking at going forward and how it makes sense for Tatum to be second. I totally get that Missoula is confident in the way that Tatum takes care of himself off the floor, but they are lucky with the way that Tatum has run with injuries. And I just can't understand why well, he's second in the league, 37.3 minutes per game. Well, and I think, I think your point, too, maybe outside of the two guys on Toronto, is the Celtics are blowing these teams out in a lot of cases. Not every night, but the Celtics have a healthy margin of victory. There's a lot of fourth quarters where he can sit. Uh, Ryan just said in my ear, Tatum's played less than 30 minutes four times this year. That's it. Last night was only the fourth time, which does admittedly sound low, 
But most of those teams need those guys every night to win games. You know, the Nets right now need Irving every night. The Mavs obviously need Doncic. The Same Raptors with, need Van Vliet and Siakam. They're, you know, they're struggling to win games. Yeah, the Celtics aren't. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, Anthony Edwards on Minnesota. So the Celtics aren't. You're concerned too, Arkan? I, yes. I can tell by the tone. 100% I am. Because uh, not only is Jason Tatum playing 37 minutes a night, Jalen Brown's playing 36. You're winning these games. You're the best team in the NBA. And a lot of times you're blowing teams out. There's really no need to be giving these guys this much time and I understand you don't want to just bench guys just to bench them especially if they want to play and I know they want to play and you know they want to play Jones and Megan we know why they want to play they want to have good stats and they want to make the all-star team I mean that's really what this is about there's no other earthly reason to play them this well, much so I I do have a theory and this has popped into my head because that's definitely one that the guys want to play these minutes Tatum wants to be all NBA Jalen Brown wants to be you know all NBA Tatum wants to be MVP I should say Jalen wants to be all NBA I think that has a lot to do with it this one just occurred to me. I don't know if this has been brought up before. Is it just Missoula wanting to make sure he keeps the job? Like, is Missoula like, I'm not, I'm not going to lose a bunch of games in the fourth quarter because I'm resting these guys. Hell no. This is my chance at a job. You can tell how sensitive he is at it, by the way, Megan. That clip that you just called for from Missoula. How sensitive are you about a question about Tatum and his minutes? My me God. Me personally, no, because I spend every day with him. Oh, me personally? Oh, you have the, uh, the audacity to, to ask me a question like that? Like, who is Joe Missoula? To act like that and be so personally offended and defensive. So, look, I, I wonder if it's just Missoula being like, hell with that. I'm not losing these games in the fourth quarter or blowing 20-point leads and looking like a moron as a coach in maybe my one chance to be the coach. I'm still the interim coach. And so, yeah, I'm going to run these guys into the ground because I'm looking out for me. He comes off to me as a guy who's very aware of the narratives that are out there. And I don't know how much he reads his own clips, listens to things, he's has a, the rabbit ears out there. He's a local guy. He probably just is used to listening to sports talk radio in he's this city. He's very like aware. Like everybody else. It was because before this, Tatum Minutes is the big question right now. And I'm sorry, but you have to find things to talk about other than the team's great. Are they the best team? In the- you can't do that every day. If you want that, <laughs> well, that was going to be my awesome, topic later. There's awesome fan blogs out there. You can read them. It's the same thing every day. Some of these are very real issues that are fair to talk about. And before the Tatum minutes conversation, it was the timeouts. It, you oh, have that a, one's, You have an interesting style of that's timeouts. That's still so relevant, the right, timeouts one. Right, but he bristled at those questions, oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Of, oh, well, okay, we talked about this before. Well, it's like, well... This is what people want to talk about. This is what people are interested in. But beyond that, if to your point before, if this is because he wants to just have the regular season, you know, highest wins or something, or he wants the one seed, to me, all of that stuff, haven't, hasn't everyone learned their lesson? Who cares about that? Like, who cares about any of that? If you tell me it's something the way that Udoka did, which I also still don't agree with, at the end of the last regular season that he was playing Tatum in so many minutes because he wanted his body conditioned a certain way in order to go into the playoffs. Well, that didn't work out. He looked burnt out towards the end of the Heat series. And they had a long road to get there after Brooklyn. So I just, I don't, other than I'm so close to it, I I see him every day and I understand how he takes care of his body. Sure, he's 24. And he does seem to be in impeccable care of his body off the court. But I still think you're playing with fire a little bit. Look, and, and I, I acknowledge that. Can I maybe shock everybody? You're concerned about it. Arkan's concerned about it. I'm really not. That's because you don't want to see him win. I'm really not. Well, maybe that is. Maybe I'm like, come on, run him into the ground. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
But like, I'm really not concerned about after Tatum Jason Tatum in the finals last year. You're I not concerned he might do that again. I no. like a Tatum who plays 39 minutes. I don't think that had to do with Tatum and his minutes. I think it has to do with Tatum being soft. I think that was Tatum in the NBA Finals. I think the Warriors were too tough for him. And I think whatever injuries pile up, they weren't injuries. He wasn't injured. Just like he's not injured now. He's soft. And maybe he'll get through that. But I think he wasn't tough enough for it. I don't think it's that he played too many minutes and he was too fatigued. LeBron is 38. He's 8th in the league in minutes. He's playing 36.5 a night. Tatum plays 37.3. So Tatum plays one extra minute than LeBron. He's 24. He should be able to do that. I don't have a problem with the minute total. Maybe I'll go back and second-guess it if and when Jason Tatum gets hurt. But I don't have a problem with it. If LeBron can do it at 38, Tatum can play the extra minute at 24. He needs to toughen up. I don't think it has anything to do with the accumulation of minutes. He needs to get tougher. I don't know that that matters. I think Giannis right now is averaging about four or five minutes less per game than he is. Uh, you look at someone like uh, Jokic in Denver. I mean, he's that whole team, and he's playing about 30 well, minutes per game. But Jokic is out of shape. Well, yeah, also- he definitely doesn't take care of his body like Giannis and Jason Tatum do. But, I mean, that's you know that's sort of the point, I guess, is that those guys are so instrumental to what goes on there, as Tatum is and as Jalen Brown is. And maybe you don't want him to be uh, losing these fourth quarters. Fine. Play him less in the second and third quarters. I don't really care what you do. Just don't run him into the ground. And yeah, LeBron, I mean, he's kind of a, he's kind of, well, you can compare anybody to Tom Brady playing that that long, I guess, but LeBron's sort of a unique uh, guy. I, I put him up against the other MVP candidates. Lucas playing a ton of minutes. That's a one-man team. The Celtics are not a one-man team. No, Lucas the same age, though. This Go ahead, is Mary. also just minutes played, and if you look at LeBron versus Tatum, Tatum's played eight more games. Like Tatum, that's the thing where I'm saying I feel like you're playing with fire a little bit because Tatum's availability has been so good in terms of being able to be on the court. And I'm not saying that he should take more resties for his son the day after his son's birthday party or anything like that. But when you're comparing minutes to minutes, it's not just, okay, one more minute. It's LeBron has eight games off. That's fair. Uh, There's more total wear and tear on Tatum. He's 24. Yes, that is significantly younger. 24. Four years old. I think he can play 37 minutes a night. Call me crazy. I think he can play 37 and rest the other 11. I, I, I do not think that's asking too much. Uh, 617-779-7937. Can I hear from, from Tatum? Because I, I think he needs to pick. Is Tatum hurt or is he not? Is Tatum tired or is he not? Could you pick, please, Jason? I feel great. You know, my, my body feels so much better at this point of the year than it did last season. You know, last year at this time I was, you know, essentially dealing with a lot more uh, you know, but I still was, you know, figuring a way to get out there and play. He's fine. He's fine. I'm not worried about his minutes. I'm not worried about him. I don't want to hear the excuse when he has a bad shooting night that he was tired that night or his wrist was bothering him that night. I, I, I don't think it's the minutes. I think it's his lack of toughness. And I, he just answered for you right there. He feels fine. He feels better than he did last year. So I'm not worried about it. Again, 617-779-7937. Let's actually get to some of these phone calls here. Jones, Mego, and Arcan on WEEI. Mike's in Rhode Island. Get us started, Mike. Yes, so I I absolutely believe, uh, and I agree with what you're saying. Like Tatum needs to, you know, he needs to toughen up. This the the style of basketball that they're playing now. It's not like obviously when we were younger, you know, you had guys hacking at each other, so on and so forth. But at the same time, this does prove that Joe Missoula is a terrible coach. You can't just say, "Oh, I've seen, I know how Tatum is, I know how he does, and how he does with his body and stuff." Give the man a little bit of a rest, 
But at the same time, you don't want to answer questions because you don't even know how to answer them. He's not a real head coach. He was given a great team dropped on his lap. So I, I would just, I, I think he knows how to answer the question. I just think he's sensitive. I, I think Missoula knows how to answer it. I just think he is like offended that he's getting asked. I don't think he doesn't know how to answer it. So this is where I'm at. And I've been harping on this a little bit over the last two weeks because the information that we get and the way that Missoula presents himself is so weird. So I'm like, is this him being dry with the reporters? Is this well? He did. Cr- he, he and Jay King. He did slide a, in like, the one little joke that I kind of actually thought was funny, where he's like, "Ah, crap! I should have played him right. more in the first half." So may- maybe that is his weird and sense so of humor. I'm just trying to figure out. I'm like, is he actually being, you know, a jerk? Or is he be, being playful with Jay King and that's the banter that they have behind the scenes? I don't know. I don't know Joe Missoula. So I'm trying to figure it out. And then we ask Scal and Scal's like, yeah, he loves cold tubs and playing pickup basketball and he's really excited by life. And <laughs> Who I'm doesn't like, love a cold tub? I don't know what that means, except that he's somersaulting through the locker room and Remember he missed the game with the eye injury? He was like going too hard in a pickup game. He missed two. He gets smashed in the eye. He missed two games with that with that pickup injury where he was like throw he was like throwing other assistant coaches down on the ground. Yeah. I thought that was like a you know one of those say they cover up like an embarrassing injury. That's what I sort of thought it was. You know, like he, you know, he got pink eye or something, <laughs> some Still gross way. It might be, by the way. It could be, sure. Still but then, might be then you hear else. about him, you know, throwing guys around, diving into the stands yeah. in these uh, pickup games. This is what I, I mean. It's really one of those things where it's like I can't wait to get back so I can play again, but I don't want to play because the intensity of the game is super high, and you're being around Joe and listening to him talk. That's a former NBA player, yeah. six foot nine, talking about pickup we games. We played pickup saying, with Scal. I don't. I, I am was, not looking forward to playing Jones, against this guy. Scal dunked on me. I was just going to say, Mego. I'm I, a five seven girl. I guess I'll have to bring this up next time Scal is on. I should have. I should have brought this up yesterday, but uh, you know, we had limited time with Scal yesterday. It was a busy day with the Brady news. I saw Scal in that pickup game. I wasn't overly impressed. I he, wasn't overly he impressed. He turned on the Jets in the second half because he started getting pissed. Wiggy was talking so much trash. And he dunked on you. And he dunked on me. And then they played it on NBC Sports Boston oh. as a highlight. Did they show? Scal ju- just dunking on a 5'7 girl. Did they were like Jason Terry with LeBron like <laughs> flying over much. him basically. Did they show that he needed overtime to beat our team? I don't know if they showed that. Did they show that? Uh, the remember. NBA player needed uh, overtime to beat our team? To beat uh, Team Jones? Me and Megan and Wiggy, among others, that's that's what he needed. So I was a little underwhelmed. We Wiggy, can bring that up next time we that, talk to him. Wiggy, uh, Amanda Flugrad and I could not be on the floor at the same time because <laughs> it was too many girls. He explained it to you? Yeah. He did. Oh, boy. Uh, 617-779-7937. Let's go to Sorja in Mansfield. Go ahead, Sorja. What's going on, everybody? How we doing? Good. So I just wanted to make the point that I think it's always tough when you're playing with expectations, right? The comparison I wanted to make was, like, with the 29 Raptors. Like, that's one of those weird championships, right, where they kind of just win out of the blue. But this year the Celtics are really playing with champion, uh, championship expectations, and it's, of course, championship or bust. But obviously since the Brooklyn Nets are not a threat, I think, you know, that's not obvious. That's not obvious, by the way. Like, you you can laugh at the Nets, but, like, there's only so many teams in the league that have the talent to compete with the Celtics. Whether or not the Nets do it, we can debate, and maybe they won't. There's only so many teams that have the talent to compete with the Celtics. The Nets, when they're healthy, and, and look, maybe they'll never be healthy again. The Nets, when they're healthy, are one of those teams. They're one of, like, four or five teams who can do it in the whole league. I'd say they're just more of a wild card than a threat. Fine, but, wi- but wild, card, wild card means they do have mm-hmm. a chance. He just said they have no chance. Well, Sorja also said that the Raptors' 
championship was random, and it wasn't because they got Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> no, that was that's true. That, that was, was pretty. Wasn't all that random when you go out and get a top easy five to player. Explain. It's true. I think the Sixers Love have the talent too. I do. I think uh, they have. I think they have as much talent. You know as what? Harden and Embiid are both MVP I would, candidates. I would take the Nets' talent over theirs, but it's fair. the The Sixers do have the talent. Uh, they've never done it. Both the Nets guys have done it, and you can say they were second fiddle, but both the Nets guys have done it. And the Sixers guys haven't. I guess that would be how I differentiate the two. But it's fair, Arkan. The, the Milwaukee Sixers, guys done it too. The Sixers definitely. Oh well, Milwaukee is one yeah. of the teams that can beat them. I agree with Megan, and I agree with you on that. Definitely. Um, but I I don't know that that Philly. I don't know that Philly has the championship pedigree. Which again, uh, LeBron and Kyrie have proven that they do. Can I ask? you, I'm though, sorry, to uh, go Durant back, and and Kyrie to go back to the Tatum minutes. Yes. To you, I understand you don't want him to be soft, and you yeah. think that he's healthy. What he, is the he, upside? He, th- he thinks he's healthy. He just said he's healthy. He's right. fine. Okay. Well, you believe him. Yes. And so he's saying that. So you feel like he should back that up with the minutes. Correct. What is the upside to the minutes? Well, I mean. To I, sustaining this this level of. I don't think you need to play him in a blowout. Like you're blowing out a team last night. You don't need to play him right, in a blowout. Right. they sat him in the fourth quarter. Right. So that they should do more of that. That's fine. But he, I'm not asking on a normal night to trim his minutes. If they're blowing a team out, sit him in the fourth quarter. Definitely. Otherwise, he can handle 36, 37, 38 minutes a night. And what's the upside of it? I, I don't know that there is upside to it necessarily. I, you're just a better team when he's on the floor. You should, I, you should there be is trying. A downside. You should be trying. Well, there is an upside, I guess, in trying to get the one seed. You don't want to have to play a game seven on the road. Yeah, I guess I would still take. You know, I would you're take only. A, you're only. It's not I'm like you're ten afraid. games. I guess I'm just too afraid. You're not ten I'm, games I'm, clear I'm, of the Nets. You're two and a half games clear of the Bucks, rather. And you're only three clear of Arkan Sixers back there. So it's like, it's not like you have a ton of breathing room if you start toying around and sitting Tatum. I think Tatum. I'm just functioning more out of fear that something might go wrong in either burnout or injury or something like that. And I understand he's 24 and he's healthy I and everything. Great. It's just that that could really derail. He, he just he does need to pick because like sometimes he comes in after the game and he's like, ow, my wrist. And oh, sometimes, my fingers. Yeah, it was, no. I don't know if you guys saw the tape on my fingers. Yeah, I got so tape on my fingers. He just needs to pick. He fingers needs, seem important for basketball. He so. needs to decide which one he is. Are you fine or are you not? Are you healthy or are you hurt? Like, what, like what are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know you're fine. You were fine the whole playoff run last year, and then you made a bunch of excuses after you lost. Uh, if you missed any part of the show today or the last couple of days and you have it delivered to your phone daily, you could subscribe to Jones and Mego with Arcan, our podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast. 617-779-7937. More of your Celtics phone calls coming up. And Celtics weren't the only team in action last night. So were your Boston Bruins who finally stopped that three-game skid. We'll get to them next. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. This is Jones and Mego on W-E-E-I. The horn sounds. Boston snaps its three-game losing streak emphatically behind the 33-save performance of Linus Olmark 5-2 over Toronto. Not to exaggerate 0-2-1, but a sense of relief tonight to win, given what it, how you played at the league? Yeah, you know, I don't think relief would be the right words. It was about us getting back uh, to our standard and, and our team identity. And um, I saw it yesterday in practice. I hadn't seen us practice that kind of pace and purpose in a while, and especially the competitive fire that was there. So I expected us to be good, and that's a really good hockey team that uh, we were able to beat on the road team. Bruins edged the Leafs last night. 5-2, your final, as they snapped their three-game losing streak. And uh, I'll tell you, it was a game. I mean, if you were watching along, 
Bruins were up 3-2. The Leafs had cut it to 3-2, I should say. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're like, well, here we go. There's 11 minutes left. Bruins are going to have to batten down the hatches. You don't want the same type of game they had against Florida over the weekend or late last week, whenever it was. And 30 seconds later, Pavel Zaka gets the first of his two third-period goals. Bruins pull away, and they get back to their victory. They are now at the NHL's All-Star break at 39-12 and 12 is how I like to say it because I don't like to give them extra credit for losing in overtime. We don't do that with the Celtics when they lose in overtime. We just say, oh, they lost. We don't... Uh, we don't give teams in the NFL playoffs. It's not like the Bills lost in overtime a couple of years ago against the Chiefs, and all of a sudden we say, oh, you get extra credit, you went to OT. So the Bruins are 39-12, and 39-7-5, and five. best record in the NHL. And, uh, well, last night I thought was going to be a good test for them, and they passed the test. In fairness to them, they did. Yeah. I mean, I was just saying to you, my major takeaway from that game was the bunting kid. I mean, what Running was that? Running around screaming at the refs? He was like pulling a LeBron on ice. It was ridiculous. They kept going back to it and showing him climbing into onto the bench and like flailing his stick around like he was going to hit one of his teammates. I was like, this guy's out of control. I thought hockey players are supposed to be above this. Like once they get off the ice, they're supposed to cool down. But yeah, I mean, our, our long national nightmare is over. The Bruins get to have a break now during the All-Star break. Yeah, All we heard re- about was they how fatigued yep. they were. Good. And how badly they need a break. So here we go. Maybe in the next couple of weeks they can finally figure out the pasta deal. And that'll be now everything's ready for the Stanley Cup. So Pasternak to me is the big question moving forward for What's up, guys? the Bruins. What's up, Pasta? And it's not just about will they get the deal worked out. You know, I believe Rich at night. I think they're going to get a deal worked out. I think most of the indications are that things are trending in the right direction. Whatever the final AAV comes in at. 11, 11 and a half, 12, whatever that number is. Anything north of 12, I'd start to say, I'd pay it. I'm okay with the Bruins paying it because I don't want to lose Pasternak, but now you're overpaying. Fine. Anything under 12, I think, is a good deal, honestly. And I think the big question going forward for the Bruins is that line. Because last night it was great. Zaka had just a filthy goal, uh, the one that made it 4-2. And he had the other goal after that to, to create even more separation. So... You know, I do look at that line and I wonder how much we can rely on it going forward in the postseason. And the check line. Yes. Krejci, Pasternak, Zaka. I do wonder that because Pasternak's always been a little bit of a disappearing act in the postseason. And I know you say that and fans get all critical and all their backs up about it. 74 points in 70 playoff games. True. But... He's vanished for specific series. You know, that that run to the cup final, he was invisible by the end of it against St. Louis. They ground him down. And in fairness, he was hurt going into that postseason. His own fault, but he was hurt going into that postseason in 2019. To celebrate a goal, and he's like, ooh, my hip, I think I broke something. (laughs) Well, he had a night out, I think. Yeah, that was yeah, he was over at uh, four wins. I don't don't know where he was, but he had a night out and then uh, and never quite recovered from that injury. R.I.P. Four wins, by the way. Yeah, what's four wins? What's four wins? Four wins is in the north. Well, it used to be in the north end. What is it? What is it now? It's like some bright pink building. They're turning it into something now. Yeah, I know. But four wins was on uh, Atlantic Avenue, right there. I think across from like Union Wharf, and it was sail loft kind of across from yeah, sort of near there. And it was this place that the Bruins used to hang out in when Lucic was like those guys in the in the early iteration, like back when they won the cup yeah 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 yeah. it was a big hangout so whatever well i know posternak wasn't healthy that postseason but he here's the issue i have number one a lot of that production for posternak in the postseason was on the perfection line right it was bergeron and marshand and him that's not who he's with anymore he's on a separate line which i like i want posternak to have his own line 
And I want him away from those two because, as they've proven, you can throw anybody on that right wing. Outside of, I guess, Taylor Hall, who was completely invisible for three games when he was up there. I guess he had enough of being on the third line, and he cried, and he got on the top line, and then he sucked for three straight games, and they lost three straight games, and they got him off the top line. So unless you're Taylor Hall, anybody can produce with those two. You know, Craig Smith or Jake DeBrusque or whoever. Anybody can. So I'm happy Pasternak is separated from them. But even though I'm happy about it, I want to see him produce. I want to see if he can produce away from those two. So that's number one. Number two, a lot of his production is on the power play. So will that line be as impactful in the postseason five on five? You know, I've seen different numbers from Pasternak. I I was looking through his playoff numbers earlier today. And I've seen either 11 power play goals in his postseason career out of 30 or 13. And I I don't know what that number is in actuality. He has upwards of 30 points on the power play in the postseason. So most of his production comes there. And it's just five on five. What is David Pasternak going to be in the postseason? And maybe that's an unfair thing to wonder. But if he's not what he's been and that line isn't what it's been, then I don't know how deep of a run they're going to be able to go on. And Pavel Zaka, I'm sorry, I'm still not buying. I still don't like that extension. I knew it. I, I still, was waiting. I, I still think waiting. it's an overpay. I was like, when are we getting to, I know we're going to do this a little bit later again, uh, but I was like, I'm waiting for him. Because when you said the first nasty goal from Zaka, I was like, huh, that's an interesting twist I didn't expect. 4.75 4. for him I think is an overpay. And look, I just I have questions about that line producing. You know, Bergeron and Marchand, whoever they're with, they're going to produce in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That line? I, it's one of my big questions for the team going forward. Well, I trust Don it. Sweeney unconditionally. No part matter what he does, <laughs> who he gives money to, I trust him to do the right thing. You're comparing a 25- and 26-year-old to Bergeron and Marchand, and I know you can point back to, as we just talked about, the group that used to go to the four wins, apparently, uh, what they did early in their career. I feel like for Pasternak, though, you talk about being... The, the word that comes to mind for me, for him in the postseason, is just unpredictable. He can go on a streak, and then he can disappear. Like you said, he's had vanishing acts in different series. And most of his production is against that. He had two ridiculous series against Toronto that pumped those numbers up, too. So... Not like it doesn't count, but it's just it's not maybe as consistent to your point. It's more trick or treat than than you would think. Yeah, I don't know that you can say that he's trustworthy. You can't say that he has been totally washed in the playoffs or he's never shown up. I wouldn't categorize it that way, but unpredictable. Yeah, that's what I would say, Arkan. Yeah, um... His numbers aren't, I'd say they're like predictable enough and that you know that other teams still have to game plan for him. Like, I still think that he's the main guy that people sort of zero in on when it comes to playoff series. And you see that. I mean, you saw that uh, in 2019 with the way they sort of structured the lines and, and everything else. But now, I don't know. Now I feel a little bit better about him. I feel like they just have so much more that you have to try and defend against that him on the second line there with with Krejci and uh, and Hall, I don't know I just I feel like there's there's a lot there and well, it's really it's not just a coincidence that they've been that they've been doing so well this year no well but again it's the regular season we, yeah. we've seen this a million times the Stanley Cup playoffs are a lot different than the regular season we haven't so, seen them switch up Pasternak on the line all season like this a million times no I mean, no there's been a little bit of it but not yeah. a ton there's been a little uh you know mixing and matching but he's mostly been on that Krejci and Zaka line for the most part but I mean, you make a fair point, Arkan. I say most of his production came with Bergeron and Marchand. He he should be getting, in theory, an easier match. And if he doesn't, then that Bergeron-Marchand line should get an easier match. But their depth has been a big, big strength of theirs. You know, Zaka is the, the ninth guy, I think, with double-digit goals. Something like that. So they've been a deep-scoring team that can roll a bunch of lines at you and score in a bunch of different ways. I still wonder if that's a line you can count on in the postseason. Also, that line can all speak one language to each other. 
I've heard. Which they, is they commiserate. You know, they can well they can call out secret places. Oh, you're there. saying it's like yeah, a like it's an a, edge that they have. It's a secret as language they have going not, on there. Nobody you know, else in the league job place check. They're yes, the yes, only yes. check guys in the whole league. Other we teams got them. Other teams are going to be trading for check players just to just to figure out what they're talking about <laughs> exactly. out there. They're like, we got to beat the Bruins. We I'm need a to go translator. I don't know how to skate. We need to trade for more check players. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. It's how you get in touch with Jones, Mego, and Arcan. Uh, do you have any questions about this Bruins team? I know most people say, ah, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Oh, this team's going to go on a deep run. They're a yeah, cup but contender. Those people also say talk hockey. I, I'm just saying, I, I I look at it, and I think there's a big difference to between the Celtics and the Bruins. You know, the Celtics are a true championship contender. The Bruins, I think, are in that mix. But, like, the Celtics are front of the line. They're the team. The Bruins aren't that for me. They have the most points. They're not that for me. I think there is a difference in how we should talk about those teams. 617-779-7937. Uh, I do want to get to Tom Brady and more fallout a day later from his retirement. Robert Kraft has weighed in about his wishes for Brady. What does Brady think about all of this? We'll get to it coming up next.